Welcome to the Plymouth Community Church. My name is Linda Lang and I am the pastor here. I wanted to open up the scriptures this morning, but first let's pray. Father, thank you so much for an opportunity to come before you, to hear from your holy word, to receive what it is you want each one of us to receive. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, today my message is going to be called, Life is an Obstacle Course. That's right. Do you believe your life is an obstacle course? What I'm saying is that, do you have some ups and some downs? Do you have to go underneath? Do you have to go above? Are you all over the board? Is your life just full of this and that and all kinds of situations? Well, that is an obstacle course. In the military, they have training where they have to go on an obstacle course. They have to climb ropes. They have to climb poles. They have to go underneath barbed wire. They have to shoot their guns. They have to hit the target. So you see, we've got all kinds of things that we do on our obstacle course. In a military situation, that obstacle course, though, the one that they go through, through boot camp, is instructed. They are told by the gunny person, gunnery, gunnery man, gunnery man, whatever, the, that guy that does the, the, the thing, I can't remember what his name is. Anyway, he actually says, okay, go there, go there, shoot that, go here, under there, go faster, 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 20 push-ups, 100 push-ups. Do the people go, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't feel like doing that today. Oh, no. They hop to it and they do it. See, that's what it is to be in God's army. When the Lord throws something at you or when the devil throws something in your way, you're going to look at it and go, ah, I can conquer that. That's a mountain and I can conquer it because God says that I can move mountains with my belief and my word. So are we going to believe what we see? The Bible tells us that um, you know what you see is temporal, but what you don't see is eternal. Are we going to live by faith, which is what you don't see, or are we going to live by fear, what you do see, or what you do feel? See, a lot of us feel these horrendous experiences and feelings and sickness and disease, and that's an obstacle course, isn't it? That's an obstacle course in your life. So as in the military, we are also in the military. We're an army in our most high God. So when he says, go here, we're to go there. When he says to do this, we're to do that. But you know what we do? Is that really you, God? I don't know that's something you would have me do, God. Because that would be too hard and too uncomfortable. Are we going to be in God's army or not? See, that's a decision we get to make. So I wanted to get to you today about being in an obstacle course. Let's take a look at Luke 3, 4 through 6. Luke 3, 4 through 6, it says this. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Now they're talking about John the Baptist, but here's what it says. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. See, God doesn't want you to have to go through so much to get to some truth. He would rather have your road be straight, no rocks, calm, and smooth. Isn't that what you want? But you know why we have to have an obstacle course in our life? Because we're going the wrong way. Let's say you go this way and then there's a wall. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, and then you got to go right. Then you got to go this way. See, God would rather you have just walked that way in the first place without having to hit a wall. And he uses those 
those, that course, you might say, to lead us into all truth, to help us to follow him in every way. And so it says here, prepare you the way of the Lord. So we're going to prepare our hearts for the Lord. And we choose what path to take. We can choose the high road or the low road. You take the high road and I'll take the low road. But, but they're going to get there at the same location. But it's up to you how you're going to get there. So let's say, let's say you have no control over your life. There's nothing, I mean, things are happening and you're going, I didn't do this, okay? Some things you do to yourself, but there are some things that don't, that you don't do, and they just come at you. So this is what the truth is about the obstacle course. See, God wants to know what you're going to do. Are you going to run and scream and take a bunch of drugs and drink alcohol and go shopping, eat a bunch of food, watch TV for 500 hours? Or are you going to say, Lord, this is a battle that me and you are going to overcome together. You see, are we going to go to the Lord? See, he says that. And where is it? It's in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I believe, chapter 5, 11. In it, for, for chapter 5, 9. And it says something like this. I am going to allow these things to happen to you to see whether or not you're going to be obedient. Wow, I'm just testing you to see what you're going to do. <laughs> what are you going to do with your obstacle course? Let me finish that scripture, and it says in verse 5, Every valley shall be filled. we got a valley, people. Sometimes you go down in the valley. Down in the valley. Okay, we go down in the valley. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, sometimes the valley is a lot of obstacle courses down there, isn't it? It says here, every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight and the rough ways shall be made smooth. Oh, I like the sound of that. But how many of us are living like this? Oh, hi, hey, you know. Oh, I see you coming. I know, big deal. La, 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 la. You just keep going. You keep straight. You know, that's a picture of my husband. I watched him one time in a, in a, a rain, hail storm. And I'm sitting in the car. And he's coming towards me. Do you think he'd be going like this? Well, he doesn't. He goes like this. He just stays the same. He doesn't change a thing. He just walks through. It's hitting him everywhere. He just keeps walking. See, that's how we're to live. When things come at you and things start hitting you, what do you do? You make sure your breastplate is on. You make sure your, your helmet is on. You make sure you have your shield. You make sure you have your sword. You make sure you have your shoes on. You've got your armor so that when something comes at you, it can just bounce right off. Telling you what? Though your paths can be all over the place, your spirit will remain smooth. Doesn't the scripture say that my flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing? How many of you are like 90? When you feel 90 anyway. When we are feeling 90, we don't want to do anything. We just want everything to be done for us, to tell you the truth, because we can't do it anymore. 
Sometimes the Lord stops you from doing things on purpose. That is your obstacle course. What are you going to do in the day when you've been doing this job for 55 years and all of a sudden one day you can't even pick up the wrench because your hand is too crooked, your hand is too uh, hurting or whatever. You just, you, you have no strength to turn the wrench anymore. What are you going to do in that day? Oh, I'm just so old, I can't do it anymore. Well, let me give you an idea here. That's your obstacle course, and he wants you to do something else. You know, God doesn't want us to stop doing stuff because we can't do it anymore. He just wants us to do something different. You know, uh, there's been stories of people who have had wounds, and they're in wheelchairs now. Some people do, you know, I mean, I don't blame them for just sitting there, watching TV, eating potato chips all day. I get it. I do. I get it. But there's others that say, I am not going to let this deter me from my, my destiny and my goal. And so a lot of them that I have read stories about who've been victorious is, yes, they've gone through horrendous uh, physical therapy and just all kinds of stuff, having to work with those new limbs and, oh, it's so painful. But they get to the end and they run the marathon on prosthetics. Now, I'm telling you something. That's a person that has endured that's a person that took that obstacle in their life and went in the direction that they could. Don't ever say you can't do anything. There is no word can't in the Bible. You can do all things, Scripture tells us, through Christ. See, we're out there trying to get it into our own strength and do our own way. No, you have to allow Christ in you that's going to give you the strength to do it. I like the scripture that says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, we sing about it, we talk about it, but do we do it? Do we really believe that God is our strength because of his joy in us? Joy is power. That's why the scriptures say righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say righteousness, peace, and get it all done today in the Holy Ghost. No, joy. If you can have joy in every, every obstacle, everything that comes your way, if you can look at it with joy, you're going to persevere and you're going to get to the other side. And as a matter of fact, you're going to get there in a better shape you were when you first started. Look at Job. Look what happened to Job. He, he had a lot of obstacles come at him. He had health issues. His friends were telling him to curse God and die. His wife told him the same thing. He lost his family. He lost his sheep. He lost his land. He's sitting there in a piddle. In a piddle. He was sitting there in a puddle of his infirmity. Boils on his body. Just, I'm pretty sure his hair fell out. I don't know. He lost everything. But what did he do? I will not curse God. And God has not done these things to me. See, the enemy has a, has a plan. You know, we, we always blame everything on God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this here, and I didn't, I didn't say this in my earlier message that I gave. I did, I did the same message earlier, but I'm going to share this with you. Uh, it's important that you understand God. All the chaos going on right now, the floods, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the earthquakes, all of that is not from God. I need to, to give, I need you, you need to get that. See, God is good all the time. So if I tell somebody that God made all those three thousands of people die in an earthquake, 
I'm lying because the Bible tells us to not call evil good and good evil. I'm going to be doing a message on that this Sunday. So I'm just giving you a little bird's eye view of this, is that God came to save the world, not to destroy it, not to have, it, have a lot of burdens, but to free the world. So why are we blaming God for everything? You know, it reminds me of somebody who goes to the doctor. They have a disease. Oh, God gave me this disease to get me closer to him. I beg to differ, honey. Then why are you going to the doctor to get well? Why don't you just let yourself be sick and be in God's will? You want to get well because you know for a fact that is not God's will for you. There's like a up, left and a right here. You know, we justify it. We, we want to be okay. Oh, well, you know, God gave me this disease, so now I'm okay. No, God did not give you that disease. And I'm going to tell you something that happened this morning to me. I woke up in the middle of the morning. It was about 4 or 5.30. And I started getting a migraine. And I've had migraines uh, quite a bit. And every time I eat chocolate, I would get a migraine. Well, guess who else knows? Guess who else knows that when I eat chocolate, I get a migraine? Because I say it out loud, I eat chocolate, I get a migraine. So guess what I started getting this morning? A migraine. Why? Because I ate chocolate yesterday. And I said, wait a minute. God, you aren't giving me the migraine. Disease and sickness does not come from you. So it came from the pit of hell. It came from Satan. He heard me out of my mouth proclaim that chocolate gives me headaches. And so he was fulfilling that in my life. I laid in bed and I said, Father, I've been believing a lie. He's heard me speak it out of my mouth. I proclaimed it and he brought it to pass. The Bible says the very thing that you fear will come upon you. Well, I feared the migraine. But I wanted to eat a piece of chocolate. And I thought, okay, I'm only going to have a little bite. Well, I ate the whole bar. Okay? The devil sees you. He is not omnipresent. He cannot read your mind. He looks at you and your life and observes you, and he does what he does in your life based on your outwardly exhibit. exhibit. So I lay there, and I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for believing a lie, believing that this... Is, this is a life in the pit of hell. Eating chocolate does not give me a migraine. I got flat out said it. The enemy gives me a migraine. I'd say within one hour, it's gone. No migraine. I'm fine. I'm here doing a message. Excited what God is doing. We have to take God at his word. In the middle of our life, in that obstacle course, are you going to say, oh, it's just the devil, you know, it's him making me, or, or, or it's just God, he's, he's doing, you know what, we got to stop. we got to call good, good, and evil, evil. There is no in-between. The twain shall never meet. We have to take our life back, people. So, as you continue reading in the scriptures in Luke, it says, And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. By making every way that comes my way straight, and it doesn't mean that you won't have a hill or a valley. It means your heart is your spirit solid. Like my husband walking through the, the storm. Are you solid in what comes your way? Are you wearing your whole armor of God when those things hit you? Are you at peace no matter what? See, now you're trusting the Lord. Now you're making your ways straight. 
Isaiah 40 says this in verse 4. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low. So it's, it's going to be like this. Straight. So there's this level ground. And the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. You know, I have a driveway and it's all gravel. And the other day I went out there in some socks and I tried to go into my car and I was like, ouch, 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 ouch. It hurts to walk on gravel. A lot of you are walking on gravel today and it's painful. Don't you want to walk on smooth? Your spirit can walk on the smoothness by really putting your confidence in God. Isaiah 45, 2 says this, I will go before you. Ha! Here we go. God's going to go before us and make the rough places smooth for us. And the crooked shall be made straight. Excuse me. I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through their iron bars. Uh, how many of you feel like you're in a, between a rock and a hard place? You're just stuck. Uh, I'm squashed in the middle. He's going to remove the bronze from your chest and he's going to remove the rock from your back so that you're free. God will do that for you. But it's when you believe and know that everything that happens to you is for a reason. Everything that happens to you and with you and for you and on you is not always from God, but he uses it. How about the kid that was born blind in the Bible? It says, well, then why was this little boy born blind? Did you make him that way? And God said, excuse me? He was born blind so that I can show how great I am when I heal him. You see, God doesn't want you sick. He doesn't want you wounded. He doesn't want you to have to go through 14 divorces to find the one. He would rather you find them in the first place. He would rather you just be well in the first place. But we have to go through these obstacle courses of life. That's just the way it is. Because he wants to grow us up. He wants to direct us. Let's say I'm going this way and all of a sudden I go, oh, there's a mountain. It's like huge. I can, uh, I can climb. Uh. What if I just go like this? See, sometimes he wants you to go this way because maybe there's somebody that needs your attention. See, when we live our life, we're thinking about what we want, what we desire, what's in what, what do I have? We're supposed to be thinking about what other people desire, what other people need, what other people want. We're to have others on our mind, not ourselves. Do you know that you'll have more peace when you put others on your mind? I know that when I'm not feeling well, let's say I'm not feeling good in the morning, and if I start dwelling on how I feel, oh, this hurts so bad, oh, I don't feel good, oh, I feel like I'm falling to pieces. Opposing to, I'm going to give my friend a call and see how they're doing. It absolutely pulls me out of my stuff and puts me into a place where I need to be. You're going to feel a whole lot better. And by the way, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 58 or 59 that when, when you start to minister to others, your health, your health will come speedily. Wow! That means instantly you go and help somebody else and you're going to find yourself feeling 20 times better, 30 times better, 50 times better, maybe 100 times better. I love it. In Lamentations, and I want to go there because I think it's a real important passage. Well, let's find it. Lamentations, and just take me a minute to find it. Lamentations 3, 1 through 26. This is Jeremiah. He's despairing. 
Jeremiah was a prophet. He despairs, then he hopes. Okay, a lot of us just despair. We get depressed. We eat a bunch of food. We take a Valium. We take a tranquilizer. You know, we take a Xanax. Whatever. <laughs> you know, when we despair. But what is it? What does he do? He despairs, but then he hopes. See, that's your gospel. Hope. All right. I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. Okay, so in the Old Testament, I'm going to tell you the difference between the Old and the New. The Old Testament, God did his wrath on people. In Sodom and Gomorrah, didn't God throw lightning down and burn it up when Job left? That he got the righteous out and then he burned the rest of it up. That was God's wrath. He did wrath in the Old Testament. When somebody would touch the altar, somebody just touched the altar with their hand and he struck them down dead. That's God's wrath. We don't experience wrath in the New Testament Christian life, people. you got to get that. Quit putting God of the Old Testament and the God of the New. It's the same Father, but Jesus put a connection for us so that we can walk in righteousness always before our Father. Though we're a mess, he sees us through Christ who paid the price of our sins. You see the difference? There was nobody in the Old Testament yet that had paid any price. They had to offer and sacrifice. They had to, they had to go and kill thousands of people to claim lands. They had all they were all over the place. You know, that that was a time. I'm glad I didn't live in that time. But it says here, I am the man that has seen affliction. He's seen a lot happen, people by the rod of his wrath, which is God doing. He says, He led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He turns his hand against me all the day. How many of you say that today? you got to stop saying it because that's not the God of the New Testament because of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you what happened to Jeremiah, and this is where a lot of us are stuck today. And it says, My flesh and my skin hath he made old. And had broken my bones. Okay, how many bones are so old I can't do it anymore? And you're only 52 years old. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, he had built it against me and compassed me with gall and travail. He has set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He had hedged me about that I cannot get out. He had made my chain heavy. Doesn't it sound awful? How many of you feel like this today? And also I cried and shouted and he shouted out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways and hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. Ha! Ah, he made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He had turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He had made me desolate. Wah! 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 Isn't that what Jeremiah's doing? He's like, God, what in the world are you doing? He that bent his bow and sent me as a mark for the arrow. He had caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was a derision to all the people and their song. They sang all the day long about me and my problems. He had filled me with bitterness. He had made me drunken with wormweed, excuse me, wormwood. And he had also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He had covered me with ashes. And though thou remove my soul far off from me, from peace, and forgot prosperity. And I said, is what I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord, remembering my affliction and my misery and the wormwood and the gale. My soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. Have I hope. 
It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed by any of these things. Okay. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, God will be with you in your bed of infirmity, but he is going to deliver you. See, he's with you in your sickness. He's with you in your disease. He's with you in your circumstances. He's with you in the good times. He's with you on your vacation. He's with you. It's what are you going to do with him in that moment that you're giving an obstacle in your life? Were these several obstacles I just named out? Oh yeah, lots of things happened in Jeremiah's life. But in the end, he says, the Lord is my portion says the Lord, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. You might be going through something really horrible, and I like the passage that says this. Everything works out for good. And if it hasn't, it says, everything works out for good in the end. Well, if it hasn't worked out yet, it's not the end yet. <laughs> You're going through some things. Maybe you have a rough patch you have to experience. I went through a rough patch, and I'm still going through it, but I'm hoping in God with all that I am. And it says here, it is a good that man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bears the yoke in his youth. It is good that a man should hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. He wants your obstacle course, the course of your life, to run smoothly. That's his desire. But because of our own choices, because of our own infirmities, because of our own sin, you know, for example, God did not want me to be married four times. I went through a lot of obstacles in there to find my husband, who I've been married to for 33 years. I had to go through, a, God would rather have me met Tom and got married, but I had to go through that bump, that bump, that bump, and that bump before I got to my husband. I had to go through a lot of affirmities and affliction and relationship and, and housing situations and financial issues and uh, transportation issues and friendship issues and family issues. We all have a course of life we have to take. But again, what are you going to do? And I'm going to close with this story. So I had a house and it had burned down. And while it was burning and the windows were popping out, I was running down the street. I had no shoes on. My husband, my ex-husband at the time, he went back into the house to get the keys to the cars and pull the cars out of the driveway. The house was just exploding from the inside. Is that an obstacle that happened in my life? Absolutely. What would you do? Well, what I did was I said, well, the Bible tells us to hold on to things loosely. So I held on to that loosely. And God, I'll tell you what, he gave me back something way far greater than that house could ever have given me except that it burnt down. Having it burnt down, having lost everything inside, it just showed me how much God loved me. Even though all those things happened to me, I'm hoping in God in my obstacle course of life. So Lord, I ask that you would be with each person here as you minister your life to them, as you show them and guide them through their obstacle course of life. 
that you have never meant them to do some of the things that they've done or gone through some of the things or experienced the pain or whatever it is that they've been going through. That is an obstacle course. Things that oppose them, Lord. But you allow for us to grow. You allow to see what we're made out of. You allow it to see who we're going to choose. And when we choose you, when we choose rightly, Father, you said you will promise to deliver us out of them all. Help us to not give up in the middle of our challenges. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you, and I hope you come visit us sometime. We're at 18519 Poplar Street in Plymouth, California. Services are at 1045 in the morning, and you will get some great hot-off-the-press messages from the pulpit to help your life. Well, God bless you, and we'll see you again soon.